Welcome everyone to the Coaching to Flourish podcast. I am your host, John Andrew Williams. Today, it is my honor to have Tony with us, Tony Holloway. Tony, welcome. Welcome to the Coaching to Flourish podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It really is a pleasure to have you here uh, today. And I know that uh, with everything that's happening right now in the past, especially in the past week, but just everything that's been happening, uh, I want to thank you being here. I know we had a conversation uh, before this about whether or not we're going to do this or not, and we decided to go for it. So here we are uh, in this space. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) For a half hour. (laughs) And we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, So um, Tony has been uh, a participant at Coach Training EDO. She's been a, a graduate. Uh, I also had the pleasure of working with her in the Biz Launcher class. So we've worked together. I mean, we've, we've done some work. Uh, and uh, Tony, I'm just curious, how, how are you? What, what, how are things? Well, I am better than, a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And I had to do some self-care for that. I think it was just kind of the the week of seven or eight days um, of just everything bubbling up um, definitely has had an impact on me. Um, And, you know, I'm worried about myself, my people. I'm worried about the world. I'm worried about our country. Um, So it's it's, it's a lot that, you know, I wasn't expecting 10 days ago. Right. I'm like, we were just dealing, we were just dealing with a little old pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if you thought the pandemic was hard, hey, hey, hey everyone. Everything at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all just, yeah. We've not done this before. I don't even want to imagine what, what could be next, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I thought we would, just speak directly to the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Talk about race relations and how just humanity. And in our conversation earlier, uh, you said you had some advice for white people. <laughs> and I thought. <laughs> you just say it exactly like I said it to you. <laughs> I was word for word, Tony, word for word. I am your, I am your, I'm an interview. I'll hold space, but I am a student at this point. <laughs> That's hilarious. I um, thought, yeah, <laughs> right. So I thought we'd start there. <laughs> Want to go for it. Well, I just, you know, just to, I do want to like create some context. Um, I am, uh, yeah, I, I have a, a background that, um, that I think lends itself to different kinds of conversations in addition to being, you know, an African-American female. Um, and I grew up in a um, suburban environment um, and I went to, um, uh, an 
pretty predominantly white would be an understatement, pretty much all white, all girls private school from seventh to 12th grade. Um, and in addition to a really good education, I really learned a lot about white women <laughs> so, and white people and their lives. Um, it's an interesting kind of uh, experience that a lot of my peers have had as well. Um, you know, we, there are a lot of us, you know, um, I think I would represent a, you know, college educated bunch, a couple degrees kind of thing, um, who, you know, we spent a lot of our lives um, learning how to live in, navigate, work with um, a world of white people that don't necessarily always want us there, appreciate it, or, or you know, want to hear what we have to say. So it's, um, you know, it, there are things that I think that I feel and think about the situation based on my background and experience and just that lane of my experience. Obviously my experience is broader than that, but um, just, you know, staying on topic. I, um, I, I think there are things about that that lend themselves to a conversation where I can give advice. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's like, it's not coming from nowhere. I spent a lot of time with white folks. Um, and I, I do, I, you know, I have some, I, I, I'm like, like when white people say they have black friends, like I have some really good white friends. Um, so it's, you know, and I still am who I am. I'm authentically me. I, um, I stopped a practice um, of, sort of overextending myself to make white people comfortable um, with their whiteness um, when um, this president got elected. Um, it just was something I had to authentically end. I think that some of my peers may have done it consciously or subconsciously as well. And I think it contributes to the conversation that we're in today where people are really speaking authentically. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's beyond time for our, for the white people in our lives to do more than just be outraged on Facebook. Like, I, I, you know, that is kind of a metaphor for, I think, how we feel like people respond to things. Um, I get that people care today, but I think I would ask really what, I would want to ask people what they really stand for. You know, um, what are their morals and values that make seeing this happen over and over and over again 
okay. And saying me saying it's okay, it seems like it's okay. It's okay if if they're not doing anything to change it. And so that, I mean, that's a start. I think my screen is frozen, Tony. Do I look frozen to you? You're not or, frozen. Okay. It's frozen for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I know, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I can handle it. Uh, let's see. Um, so where do we start? Like what, what would, what would be your advice to start if you were to say, these are the things white people need to know? I mean, I think I, I have to just for this conversation, like make sure I'm, I'm keeping it, you know, we're sort of in and out of a conversation about, you know, coaching itself, since this is the, right. this is what we're technically why we know each other. <laughs> um, but I, I think that, you know, as I, as I watch the news and read social media and talk to people, there are, there are things that I, that I'm missing. So I don't, I don't know if that's a place to start, but I'm just going to say what I see is missing. Um, you know, we're, I think as an African American community, like we often refer to ourselves as brothers and sisters or something like that in different contexts. Um, and that sometimes extends outside of our community, but I think it's an understood that we, that's how we communicate with one another. Um, and I, so I want people to see that when we see something happen, that that's our brother or sister it's happening to and understand what emotion goes with that. And then on top of that, even though we've, we've been shown multiple times, time after time, that we cannot trust the police, we're taught to trust the police, right? It's an authority figure in the community. If something happens, you have to call them. You know, there are a myriad, there's a ton of reasons why you have to call the police, even if you think you don't trust the police, that they're a part of our lives. So I want people to understand that we didn't just see a murder. We saw our brother get killed by people we trust. And to respect whatever emotions come out of that. And we didn't just see it from last Monday's horrible video. We've seen it over and over again where our sisters and brothers are killed by people we're meant to trust. And I just want people to sit with that and really get how you would feel 
if you keep seeing that over and over again and the answer is to just keep trusting. I don't think that in, in a, you know, it's part of, it's part of the world of racism and prejudice, but I just don't think that we're often given the humanity that we would give someone else in that situation. Um, we're looked at as complaining, you know, by some people about like, we've complained too long, like it happened last week, you know, um, like sort of, why are people still protesting? You know, <laughs> like it's like, there's, there's just a, we're not honored for being human and having a range of emotions and for seeing years and years and years of this happening and for people to understand what that does to a person. You know, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I, I, I live a, a, a relatively nice life and I'm still scared all the time. And that's not right. And I would guess that you don't have to feel that every day, you know, where you walk or where you go to work or where, you know, you don't have to be afraid. And then the fear gets confirmed <laughs> because, you know, something crazy happens and somebody gets murdered or run down by a truck or busted into someone's house and a woman is killed in her home. Like, it's just, it, our, our fears are not irrational. And I think that a lot of white people treat us like our fears are irrational. Our concerns are irrational, where they're overblown. And I think that it's something the coaching community can address if they are willing to educate themselves that they can address with their clients. Um, it's something that needs to be talked about. It, it, it's something that people need to understand that we're human. How do you see this playing out as a, how do you see this informing a coach? in the context of coaching? Well, I think the coach has to deal with themselves first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was saying earlier, but we're, you know, coaches don't, just by the nature of what we do, we're, we're supporting other people. We are, you know, we help other helpers or we help business owners or we are, you know, helping, you know, students and parents and whatever, you know, we're, we're a, a part of the support. So it's not in a, I would say our sort of coaching practice DNA to take a stand. Um, however, you know, coaches have a point of view about a lot of things 
<laughs> and <laughs> I don't I haven't met a coach yet that didn't have a point of view. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't um you, you know, and I can't say you have to have the same point of view that I have, but I certainly would hope that um, you know, what we look at in terms of the spirit of coaching and people being better peanut the best selves and all of that those kinds of um call them sayings whatever that we subscribe to um that along with that is 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 deepening our uh, collective understanding of humanity and of black and brown people and their and our collective humanity i mean we're not different it's not a um anything you would think about yourself and concern about your emotions not you personally but it should apply to us you know it it's just that it doesn't is just it's kind of obscene so um i think that coaches once they've done the work or as they do the work that they need to you know, help their clients. I know there's some coaches out there hearing things that are, you know, racially um, <laughs> untoward uh, in their in their coaching practices and probably don't say anything. And I know we're not supposed to judge, but we have to find a way to handle that. You know. Um, it, it, it should become a responsibility. You know, I think people have learned it about um, certain other communities which are still doing work, like the um, LGBTQ community and other communities are doing work that are, that's, that I hear more often, honestly, than I hear about fairness these days about black and brown people. So they know how to do it. You know, it's being illustrated in our, <laughs> in our media. And so it's just not being done. So you gotta, we have more work to do. We have a question too in the Q and A. Uh, oh. I think it's apt. Uh, and before we get there, uh, I just want to say thank you, Tony, for sharing. And I, I know these uh, these conversations aren't comfortable, but I mean, they're necessary and need to happen. And. Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you for sharing uh, your insights today on this. Um, and it just, it feels like, and we talked about earlier too, how it's not like the systems need to change. And yeah. it's, I think that's what, I think that's what we're, we're looking at. And I think that's what we're wrestling with now is how do we change this, uh, this system, you know? I think I think people have to not just say it like mm -hmm. oh it's systematic 
and really look at the system. I mean, I, I don't know if we're willing to do that. And I, I feel like if, if all people, um, you know, especially white people in America, prioritized this outrage over like the property outrage, I mean, right. you know, I'm not a proponent of looting, but it's not people dying. Um, you know, I think that if it's a big enough issue, we'll solve it. It's just not a big enough issue. People don't care enough. This is what it comes down to. I mean, just look at where police come from. Police forces were built out of slavery. They were overseers that eventually became police forces. We, there's, there's, there's stuff in that DNA that we've never even tried to tackle. It, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's a, it's, it's not going to be done tomorrow, but it could be done if we cared about it in a decade. Right. You see the same thing with school districts and a lot of the other just way lines are drawn, you know, with even U.S. representatives in Congress, everything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go to the Q&A here. Uh, this question is from Akila. Uh, how do you start the conversation about intersectionality and healing with non-Black people? Um, so I, I would, I guess my first question would be in, in, in what context, I'm very context driven. Um, but if it's, uh, if it's a coach, I think a coach has a, as a, has an opportunity to pose different conversations at different times, um, and ask their clients if they're willing to have a conversation. Um, I don't think it's much different really for people who are in relationship with one another, um, be it friendship or associates or something like that. I think you just have to ask people to have a conversation. Um, you know, I, I'm not an expert on intersectionality. It's, um, it is kind of, it's a buzzword um, and it has a lot of meaning. So I don't say that to diminish it. I just, um, but I would just say I, my understanding of it is that it's the it's where you know race class gender all intersect in this very complicated and complex issue of discrimination and um and environments with lack of inclusion and opportunity and um so we you know i think it depends on where you're having the conversation what that intersection is um, but you, you either have to say we need to have the conversation or you've got to develop an ally that will help you have that conversation. And it is going to take a bunch of little conversations. I don't underestimate how much um, people in general will resist change 
Um, and then definitely how much white people will resist change. I mean, at the end of the day, we're saying there's an entitlement to being white and we're asking people to give it up. And I think we keep butting up, up our heads against, I know it's really bad, but I don't want to give it up. <laughs> I, mean, I just think that people don't, people like being treated better than other people. <laughs> I think it comes down to some really basic stuff. <laughs> they, just, they like not worrying about stuff and getting loans when they want loans. And <laughs> it's just, it's easier. Why would, you know, but I think they have to look at it as bringing everybody to ED, not that somehow they're going to trade off and it'd be hard for them and easy for us. I don't think that's, I think that's what people think and it's unrealistic. Right, right. I don't know if that answered the question. I hope it. I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here just, <laughs> just really thankful for you right now. <laughs> not, not what I we feel like today, you're, I know. I know. I feel like we're, we're walking into this and uh, I just, I just really deeply appreciate your sharing with us. It's generous. It's thoughtful. It's, it's, it's really, I feel like it's conversations like these that are going to, to help, you know, just a little bit and spark something, move something. Yeah. Another question uh, from B, uh, what are your thoughts about how we get people to care? I think it has to be personal and I think it has to be attached to what people value. Um, I think there's, I think there's a missing connection between who people say they are and who they're really being. And um, I think a lot of people would say that they're, you know, fair and good people and, you know, and I'm not saying they're bad people. It's just, I think that, I think it's a nuanced conversation, which in today's environment um, is very difficult. We don't, we aren't doing well with nuanced conversations. <laughs> We're doing um, no pun intended, but black and white, everything's <laughs> one side or the other conversations. Right. Right, right. And that's just, and none of that is reality. Everything is gray. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's so. hard to be pushed that. I mean, it feels like there's a, there are forces in society that want to push that direction. Oh, there, they absolutely do. It serves, it serves, yeah. us, um, it, it serves some agendas to, um, to make it that, and so it's, you know, I, I don't know exactly how to do it, but to invite people to conversations where they get to be respected for where they've been right. and who they are. Um, and understand that they can be something else. And that 
that their choices impact other people. I don't think people always get the impact of, um, you know, living a life of privilege to the extent that, um, that white America does versus black and brown people that I don't think they understand the impact of that. I do think that as people start to get the impact, they start to wonder if that's who they want to be. I agree with that. Uh, there's a big, huge gap of awareness, and and when they, even when that starts to get, you know, even that gap, you know, the awareness gap gets filled just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It it sets off a cascade of yeah emotion. I mean, emotion. Yeah. Uh, Tony. Zoom is not my friend right now. <laughs> the screen is frozen. <laughs> I can't touch a button on this thing. So please, Ashley, if you're in the background, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to close this out. Please don't give me host permission; it won't work. <laughs> and I can't see the questions, Tony. So, if okay. could you scroll down and see, I, I, they're coming in. I just can't get to them. I'm not sure we have them all or not, but my sister. I is think older. yeah, there were only a couple. Um, Then you want to get in there? I, I can't see them. I think we've. <laughs> I think we kind of touched them. Um, the, um, one person said, "If if our mindsets change, people will automatically want to change the system." And I mean, I would just say I agree with that. I think that, you know, I think I think it's true. I do think, you know, I'll just say this quickly. I don't. I do think we can't assume that what um that awareness will mean that people will agree um you know i we, we were this whole thing as a initially we were going to kind of address integrity but if we just look at you know like integrity in terms of promises and our promises and agreements in the world um and the gap between that, like, <laughs> you know, are we keeping our promises and what's the gap, right? Are we keeping our agreements and what's the gap? And, you know, I, I do believe America has a promise and an agreement to everyone. Um, but I do think that there are people that have different promises, agreements, and agendas that um, are not going to be compatible with what we're talking about today. And we need to be aware of that also. They're, they're keeping their promises about what, about something else. Right. And I just got video back. And <laughs> just now. It's funny because like you're alive just, the whole time. <laughs> just now, yes. I was, I was speaking to my frozen face and. Yeah. there's something there is something in your like you know not doing the visual but just hearing your voice like i i just want to say thank you tony really truly like it's it's uh yeah just just thank you and 
from what, you know, we, we worked together in the biz launcher a little bit. I got to hear you coach and to hear, uh, your, how is it? There's, there's a fierceness of style in your coaching (laughs) that I just appreciate (laughs) so like, you know what I mean? So deeply when a coach is comfortable to go and push and, you know, and really truly push people and, you know, in in coaching ways and, you know, um, that I, I feel the profession needs. Like the, I feel like that coaching is not necessarily just a passive activity, but it, there's a fierceness to it as well, mm-hmm. uh, that you really are being a champion, not just for people, but for you know, the larger idea and the, and the movement of, of what we're after. Um, Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me the most in our conversation to this, our pre-conversation before the conversation <laughs> was your, you're, you're talking about we're in this like, really, truly, it's not us, them. It's, it's a together. Like, yeah, we, we have to start thinking of ourselves as this is together, you know, yeah. it's there. Uh, it's, it's all of us. It's funny. The, um, the, Let's, I have to remember the full name. The National Museum of African American History and Culture opened a few years ago, probably four, about four years ago, four or five years ago. And um, here in Washington, D.C., it's a Smithsonian institution, so I call it the Blacksonian. But, um, but I have, um, I took on a practice of asking everyone, like I, if I go to a doctor, if I go to a nurse, have they been? Um, there's, it's like people think like a museum with African-American history and culture is only for African-Americans. And so I've talked to a lot of white people that were like, oh, like I didn't even think about going. Like, (laughs) yeah, maybe I should go. And I mean, that's, you know, that's like in the face of everything that's going on, that's a very small thing. It just illustrates like that we're not, we we're all American and yet my history and culture is thought of as separate. And I think that's just a place where people got to get like African-American history and culture is also your history and culture. Same with Latino American and everybody. I mean, it's just, it's, it's all our all (laughs) history and culture and we can break out into talk about the culture and history of, you know, diverse populations and I honor that. And I, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I don't believe in like assimilation and disappearing my blackness. I'm black and I want you to know it. And it comes with all of this great Tony stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I do think that, that people don't get that. Like, <laughs> like it, it's us. So, you know, that somebody gets murdered by a cop on the street that's your brother too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. This is, again, it's an honor to be in this space with you. Thank you for generously sharing. Any last thoughts on? No, this was not expecting what I was expecting to do today, (laughs) but I appreciate the opportunity to do it. I do. I do. I, 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 for, um, for you, just taking it on. I think I appreciate that a lot. It's great. All right. Thank you, Tony. 
appreciate you. And Ashley, if you can, uh, we'll stop in like 10 seconds. But uh, for those listening, we'll, we'll continue this conversation on the blog. And uh, we, uh, my, my sense is this, is this is not it, that there's more, there's, there's a lot more here. And, uh, you know, my, uh, each, every day, uh, the coach training EDU team, we have a daily meeting and we put a word into the energy pot and share it. And my word is engaged and to just stay engaged with the emotion, with whatever comes up, just stay in, stay, show mm-hmm. up and be here. And so here we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Tony, thank you again. This has been another episode of the coaching and flourish podcast and I'll see you in a couple of days. Thanks everyone.